You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. Brandon Jaggers. He's large. The bearded handicapper Jeff Riggs. Tall. Large. And me, CC Broadus. And he's mine. I'm not going to vote for someone who has bad hair. The Auxiliary Gate. Big problem. Alright kiddos, welcome to episode number 153 of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. I'm CC Broadus, joined as always by Alan Schneider. Mr. Schneider, how are you? Uh, wonderful, I'm trying to get my bearings in order. Usually we do these on uh, later in the evening on a weekday. We're doing this early morning on a Saturday before we all start our days and such. So uh, I'm trying to get a calibrator. But of course I've been up since 5.30, but still takes a little calibration. But I'm looking forward to it. And we're also joined by Jeff Riggs. Now, Jeff, I saw your picture, the other day, your Twitter profile, and I was like, that guy looks familiar. He looks so familiar. Now, I went back into the Rolodex of my brain, back into the 19, early 1980s. I do believe you starred in the Robin Williams movie, Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> Man, have, you seen, have you seen Robin Williams' Popeye movie? <laughs> I have not seen the movie, but I know of it, and I've seen pictures from it, so I, I, I get the reference. <laughs> I don't think I'm not saying you look like Bluto, the cartoon character, but you, for whatever reason, that that picture reminded me of Bluto in Popeye. So, and so is, Alan, have you seen Popeye? I remember as when I was a kid, and you know, because I am old, everybody got cable about the same time back in the day. And they just replayed a lot of the same movies on HBO and things like that. And there was like the Incredible Shrinking Woman with Lily Tomlin. Yes. Uh, and yeah. And who, what else was there? S- several things like Zapped with Scott Bale. There was all these different ones that played repeatedly. And one of those was indeed Popeye's Robin Williams. So I remember seeing bits and pieces of it and such. So it was a bizarre movie. It was a, it was a little weird. I think they played that movie on a loop. I swear they did. I bet I I was a big Popeye fan back in the day, and I bet I watched that a hundred thousand times. That movie was weird. Looking back, yeah, it was odd. It was odd. And any movie with Shelley Duvall is going to be kind of odd. She's not your typical leading lady, right? I mean, you saw The Shining. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful actress, but still, but perfect for olive oil, correct? No doubt about it. Jeff, how are you doing? Doing great. Appreciate y'all inviting me back, you know, up early in the morning. I like it. You know, us horse people like early mornings anyway. Hey, we um, should, um, before you get going, CC, we should mention that, uh, Jeff did some coverage for our brilliant racing group, right? The other day at Ellis Park as uh, our uh, horse, um, Johnny's Fireball won very easily, correct? And Jeff was in there leading the, leading the way in the paddock, correct? That's right. I put my, uh, Joe Christofek hat on <laughs> last weekend and, um, Hey, it, it worked out well with him getting the win, and he looks strong. So I'm excited to see where he goes from here. We got options with him. Mm-hmm. So congratulations, and and uh, so that's a good angle when uh, Riggs is in the paddock with Brilliant. Bet that horse, right? One for one. That's right, hundred percent. Now we're recording this on a Saturday morning. Of course, it's the day of the Whitney Stakes, and 
uh, Cody's Wish is going to run later today, but, uh, you know, uh, most people are going to listen to this after the fact. Uh, and we talked, we just touched on it briefly, uh, just so we can look smart or dumb. Do we try to beat Cody's Wish today? Uh, I think Cody's Wish wins. I'm not really thrilled about the race. I don't think it's a, I don't think the Saratoga meet's been that great, to be honest with you. What little I've watched of it, um, I don't think it's a great rendition of the Whitney. I hope Cody's wish wins for all, for the obvious reasons, but do do I think he wins? Probably simply because I don't like anybody else. Jeff, I feel exactly the same way, Alan. Um, yeah. I I was kind of looking to beat him just because you know there are some questions, distance questions, going two turns, but um, I just didn't really love anyone else in the race. Uh, the way it's setting up, you know, charge, it's a little interesting. Zandon's a little interesting. Um, but I just, I just don't really, I don't really see them beating him. You know, as you, you made the point about the distance questions, yes, distance is always a question. The rest of them have talent questions to me, right? So, um, <laughs> everybody yeah. has questions. It's just what yeah. are the questions? I don't think the rest of them are elite, but I mean, you know, I'll keep a, I'll keep a pseudo eye on it. CC, what are your thoughts? I'm going to try to beat him if I can. I think there's there may be a potential single in the race after. Remember, ever so mischievous, he's running in the 11th race. That was, of course, that was all world. And somehow he got beat at Ellis. For I, I do not know how that horse got beat. But pace, pace bias and stuff, possibly. It, it's uh, yeah, it's possible he may not be what he what we think he is. But uh, yeah, there's two others in that race that you're talking about that could, that could win that race. Besides, there. I, there's, there's an, I think I rads on one and I believe the horse towards the inside is. One shug Shug's horse off a layoff. Might have some upside. But anyway, let's get back to, uh, to Kentucky racing. Ellis Park's in the midst of a big weekend. And then the next weekend, uh, next Sunday is a big day of racing too. This weekend is the Kentucky Downs preview. And a lot of nice, uh, full fields and hopefully the, the rain holds off. I think it will. I think it will. Yeah, and then next weekend, of course, is uh, the Groupie Doll and and uh, Ellis Park Derby and all kinds of good stakes races. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun. I may try to sneak down there next uh, next weekend. But I, I do know something about these turf races. They seem like they they lean to take chaos. Uh, as as you'll get a you'll get a several double digit prices in these races. Uh, and I I pinned a few myself, hopefully. But uh, Lincoln Highway, I know that's a horse that you like. Yeah, I like, I like it's it's a wide open race, and uh, one thing about this this weekend card, this this Kentucky Downs preview day, Vicky Oliver has a tendency to do real well over these days. So she because of she's up against the other name trainer, she'll sneak off at some price. Don't be surprised if she wins a couple this weekend. But I do I do like Lincoln Highway a little bit. Just take a take a stand against the favorites. Possibly, yeah. Uh, anybody you like the next couple of days, Jeff, or even looked. Funny you mentioned Lincoln Highway because I like that one a little bit, and then I'm also I think we can beat Bay Storm in the in the race before that as well. Yeah. So use a few there and and beat what's probably going to be a big favorite there in the seventh, and then get a price in the eighth. You know those multi race wagers could really really pay nicely. I find Minnesota Ready intriguing in the last race too quite a bit. I, that horse is twenty to one. I don't think twenty to one holds in that horse, but. uh her damn Eden Prairie, or his damn Eden Prairie, is a really good turf horse. This horse is coming into his own, might sit a good trip. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Again, those racing in a few hours, people may listen to this three days ago and like, God, they, these guys don't know what the hell they were talking about. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, anybody that's, else, that's yeah, anybody of... else, CC, that you, that crosses your mind the next day or so before we get into this? 
I haven't even looked at the Sunday card. Just looking forward to it. So yeah, there's a horse I like in the third race tomorrow called Ardazzi, and it's a Vicky Oliver again. And my history of Vicky Oliver is spotted at best from a wagering standpoint, but it's done better at late. So as Vicky goes, so shall I go. I think to, in in uh, limited circumstances. Like I said, Ellis looks good for the next uh, couple weekends. I would suggest if you're playing, you got the choice between Ellis and Saratoga. I'd play Ellis this weekend, but of course I'm always going to say that for the most part. But I think the Ellis cards are better than Saratoga. Sorry, it seems like it so far. But uh, mm-hmm. so we're we're right up here on the top of the hour, so our guest is due, and uh, let's uh, yeah, let's swing it right now to our special guest. As they turn on down for the money, and here my song still up top with a furlong to go. Touch revenge is full board to the inside. Obesos is getting to him to the outside. Hear my song, Obesos fully stretched. Hear my song, Obesos to the wire. Hear my song, reigns supreme, and takes the Jeff Hall stakes by a half a length. Now the Auxiliary Gate podcast has endorsed uh, what we call the underdog in this sport. Uh, we don't cheer for the Coolmores or the the Godolphins of the world. We like the local guys that, that, that do good on, on the, on the big stage. And I think we found a guy that fits that bill. Now, Alan, you, you and I were at Ellis a couple weekends ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it, was it two weekends ago? Yes, correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Now you, did you, did you stay for the race or did you have to leave? I was there for the race. Uh, the race for the, uh, that we're going to talk about. Yes. It was a, a tremendous race. The Jeff Hall, the Jeff Hall. Okay, so yeah, that that race uh, was won by a, a really cool horse named Hear My Song, who uh, we've we've followed for quite a while now, and he's uh, talk about a horse that's really improved with each and every start. This this is the one. So, uh, and I had to I had to track down the owner because this was a good story, and uh, and and we've got him on the line, and that's Nathan Hayden who owns here. He's the owner and breeder, I believe, of Hear My Song, and Nathan is with us. Nathan, how are you doing, sir? Good. How y'all doing? We're very good. We're very grateful you joined us this morning. And uh, Nathan, I it, it took me a bit to track you down. It took over a, a week because there's there, there's I believe you're in the construction business, and I've I've searched every Hayden construction on in the eastern portion of the United States, and I thought I tracked you a, a Nathan Hayden down in Owensboro, and I called. <laughs> He was a bit. He was a bit surprised that uh, that that I thought he may have owned a horse named Hear My Song. He had no clue what I was getting at, but he was nice about it. Uh, and then my my very next call, I, I think I uh, linked up with your brother, yeah. and he gave me your number. So, uh, and, and here we are. So, uh, Nathan, why don't you uh, first of all, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, that's uh, I'm 45 years old. I'm. Uh, Happily married. I got I had a wife for uh, 20, 21 years. I've got two kids, and they're both getting ready to go off to college. So you can uh, imagine my life is pretty hectic as it is. Just besides the besides the uh, racehorse business, you know, uh, got a full time construction job. Uh, we have, I'm fifty percent owner of Hayden Brothers Construction, and that keeps me busy all the time. And the, the horses. I take care of them before and after work every day and on the weekends and and I'm blessed to have a daggone runner like here my zone. You you're a native of Henderson, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, so how long have you been going to Ellis Park? Uh, I've been going to Ellis Park for around 15 years. Uh, 
that place is just it's a very good, relaxing place. I used to just have a just a good old time on Sundays and I just get me a program and go up on the top of the grandstands and get me a nice breeze and sit, sit down and handicap races and, you know, get me a cold beer and just enjoy the day and just the kind of, you know, I could do it by myself for hours, you know, and just, just in very enjoyable place. Here, here. You, uh, it sounds like you got a little uh, late start in the racing world, uh, especially being from Henderson. What, what got you involved? What, what, what enticed you to, to maybe uh, go to Ellis for the first time? Uh, gosh, I mean, it was it's not it's something I never was brought up. You know, with my my family never did do anything with horses, never did do the racing uh, circuit. So it was kind of uh, a couple of friends of mine. Uh, they were kind of interested in the the uh, track life, you know, a little bit, and they used to handicap races. So they kind of a couple of them got me into it that way. Okay, and then up until maybe last year, uh, well, let's go back further than that. When, when did you buy your first racehorse? Well, I bought the uh, broodmare that I have, which is uh, Hear My Song's uh, mother. And uh, she's uh, was retired off the racetrack of a uh, little ankle injury. And, and uh, I just made a little connection with this uh, horse because – Actually, Ariel Bumpus, which was my neighbor down the road, actually owned the mare, and uh, he talked me into buying the mare, and maybe she would be a good uh, breeding prospect. And, uh, of course, I went by there and took care of her, and I ended up going in partners with him for one year, and I bought 50% interest in her. And, and then the next year, uh, he talked me into buying the rest of her. And, uh, and of course, after that, it's just it's all been smooth sailing from there. <laughs> And you're talking about your mare is Me Vieira, who is a daughter of De Hare, who was a, a really nice two-year-old back in the day. But uh, Me Vieira, where where do you keep uh, uh, Me Vieira? Right here behind my house. I got. So you, yep. You take care of the mare. You 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 uh you foal and everything, right? Yes, sir. That yes, is sir. awesome. So you must have some type of farming background as well. Yes, I, I I've always enjoyed farming, so it's kind of that's always come second nature to me, but. Yeah, and it's just, uh, you know, a lot of horse business is just common sense and willpower. You know, you just got to you just gotta want to do it, and if you enjoy it, it makes it a lot more interesting. And, and I just, I started from the bottom up, and I didn't, I didn't start with a claiming horse or anything like that. I just started with from the, from the uh, breeding end of it, and it's it's been a long road, but we finally got there. So, yeah, what, what made you decide to breed Miviera to cross traffic? Well, it was a lot of her pedigree. Uh, after I purchased her, her pedigree started hitting the board across the board. Uh, like we'll take charge and take charge, Indy and uh, Arrowgate, and uh, there's a lot of uh, top-notch horses that really uh, end up producing uh, graded grade one winners. And uh, come to find out, they all had to be here back background and. I had the metal lake on the uh, bottom side, which is the same thing my mare had. I was like, well, my gosh, I might have something here. And uh, so I ended up calling these stud farms. And, of course, I went around to every one of them, you know, and looked at uh, probably a 1,000 studs up there in Lexington. And, and uh, sure enough, even though she didn't make any money, that they really wanted her too because they they really thought her bloodline was hot too. So I you, said, well, this is pretty cool. <laughs> do you still have the mare? Yes, sir. And uh, do you have any foals on the ground out of her? 
Well, I ended up losing her last uh, her last foal. She had a bad pregnancy this last time, and she uh, still born a uh, a colt out of Sky Mesa uh, from Three Chimneys Farms, and it was a uh, that was a bad day for us here at the here at the farm. And uh, it's just one of those deals where it, I really can't explain it. If something was uh, wrong with the um, embryonic sac. Um, so she just did get, uh, the baby did get fully developed on the rear end and, and it come out like a stillborn. So, and of course I've had her checked out and we've gone through the whole, whole, uh, rigmarole of, uh, trying to get her, uh, healed back up and get her back in the breeding shed, make sure everything's good on the inside so we can maybe try it again next year. All right. Uh, I'm looking at, uh, hear my songs, past performances. Now this horse really he came on my radar or our radar, I think not this past winter, but the winter before, but he yes. really, he really burst onto the scene. I'm looking at it right now. I, Alan's got a better memory on this stuff than I do, but I know this. <laughs> I horse, remember. What did he, didn't he photo for, I'm looking for the race. I thought he photoed for a, for a win at Keeneland back. I'm looking right now. Here it is. I found it. It's in April. Of 2022, uh-huh. and he photoed with Evan. That's the that's the day this horse burst onto my radar. I was like, this horse is a little bit better than than your average turfway maiden winner or whatever. And he showed. He, I think that was his coming out party. Uh, would, would you? The, the third horse was Injunction. Now we've talked about Injunction on this pod before. Injunction won the Jeff Hall. No, I can't remember. He won the race. Uh, he won a stakes race last summer in Junction. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it, things just started, uh, to, to, uh, his stock started rising with, uh, for better or for a lack of a better term. He's, his stock started rising going forward. Uh, w- would you not agree with that? Oh, yes. Yeah. It was mainly, uh, there, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of aspects in racing, you know, that the horse had to, uh, we knew he could run. We knew he'd love to run. And, uh, but he just there for the first year, he just uh, really had some trouble getting out of the gate. I mean, he just always a step slow. When one time he stumbled out of the gate there, there at Churchill. And the one that impressed me the most was uh, the mile he ran at Churchill that same year. And uh, he stumbled out of the gate. And I think we he was about 15 lengths back. The whole entire field done left him. And uh, he come around there. And I think he ended up getting uh, third or fourth place on that. But he made up so much ground on that race. Heck, far I think he could have shattered a daggone track record that day if he just had a good start. <laughs> and uh, so that's, that's one of them deals where, and he did the same thing at Turfway on the mile in the 16th uh, uh, race. And we had a uh, new jockey that never had rode him before and got him, uh, got a stumbled start, drove him right into the rear end of uh, the whole pack. And then he pulled him plumb out of it for about 15 lengths. And then, and then we come back, and then we end up getting a, uh, uh, I think, a second place there or something like that. But he made up so much ground on that one, too. And it's like, golly, here, here we go. We just got to get a good trip, <laughs> you know. And uh, so, no, we we kind of – but, it's you know, race, race horsing is, uh, you know, as well as I do, every horse has got their good, their good days and better days. And uh, we just wanted to get one of those good days to everything go right. And that's what we've been shooting for. I want to talk about two races in, in, uh, uh, specifically. And the first is the Commonwealth at Keeneland. That's a, 
Yeah, that's a three hundred thousand dollar stakes. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, uh, that was, I'll go back to that day. I think that was the day of the bluegrass stakes. So you know, there's a big crowd there. This is uh, you know a big day, special day at Keeneland. And uh, you know, here's your horse, uh, a two seven zero bred, eleven to one on the board when he when he crossed the finish line. Uh, tell us about that day. Well, it was uh, Keeneland is special, anyways. Keeneland, I absolutely just love that track. I mean, it's just a, uh, it's second to none as far as my in my opinion when it comes to racehorse and the 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 atmosphere, the the quality of the people, the uh, just the beauty of the track and. And the, the quality of horses and everything you're up against there is just beautiful. And, uh, well, we just, my horses, he broke his maiden up there at Kingham when he was uh, a couple of years ago. And we've known ever since that race right there. He said, my gosh, you know, Kingham always is a little bit slower track than Churchill and all your other tracks. But because it's a little deeper and it's got a little bit more cushion to it. Mm-hmm. But some horses love that racetrack. And hear my song, we knew that early on. That's his racetrack. So well, we had a, we had a good idea that he was going to perform that day. We just didn't know how it, and he just t- kind of took it all in him, on, on himself. And hell, Alex even told me before after the race, he said, "My gosh, I was trying to hold him back, but he drove me all the way around the backside." <laughs> so it was a it was a cool day. Uh, tell us about your jockey, Alex Achar. We've had him on the podcast before. He's a he's a really good young rider. Just probably doesn't get the opportunities that, that he deserves. He is a classy, classy guy, and he's uh, to me. I I didn't really realize he was that good, but he's uh, got some really. I mean, he's always jockeys have got talent. I mean, they're they're true athletes, and what they do day in and day out is uh, it's amazing. I didn't realize just being a new owner. I didn't realize beforehand uh, how how talented uh, Alex and all these other jockeys are. And and I put in my book, I'd put Alex up there against the best my book but um, that's just that's just me with him on my horse so i can't tell you anything else about anything else you know yeah i agree i think he always delivers a sound ride every single time so now let's fast forward to a couple weeks ago uh, the jeff hall stakes was running six and a half furlongs at ellis and uh, mm-hmm. uh lucky for you uh i thought jimmy mcnerney the track announcer at ellis delivered one of his best calls that day <laughs> I, I just listened to it before we came on and uh, uh, I'll try to incorporate that into the recording here somehow. But uh, that was uh, an exciting call for an exciting race. And, uh, yeah, he, he had a really had a great trip. Uh, Alex delivered again. He, he, he tipped him out to, the, to, uh, to, to pass horses around the turn. And then he held off a really nice horse in Obesos, who was fifth in the Kentucky Derby, by the way, and uh, a few years ago. And uh, after the race, uh, I, Went down to the winter circle, and gosh, uh, there were probably fifty to seventy-five people in the winter circle. Is that right? <laughs> yes, sir. That's uh, that's that's just uh, he's. Of course, I got a lot of family and friends, and uh, but also Song has made his own fans too. He's uh, he's got a lot of people that just absolutely have come out of the woodwork and just say, oh, "Are you the guy that owns here my song?" I said, "Oh, shoot, yes." He said, "Well, they, they just absolutely love him too," and I think he's gained more fans. I mean. It's unreal. Like half the, it seemed like half the people up there in the stands were all sitting up there clapping for him too. So it's, he's a pretty cool dude. Yeah, everybody had t-shirts too, right? The the was it orange and lime green t-shirts? Yes, sir. Yes. 
Yeah, that's we had T-shirts made up about a, I guess a year ago, and we just we kind of we just kind of wear it to support him. Of course, we don't we can't wear T-shirts to the king unless it's underneath our good clothes. But by golly, <laughs> we've got a lot. <laughs> well, there were so many people in the winter circle. They had to they they couldn't take the winter circle photo, as I recall, in the actual winter circle. They had to, everybody had to come out onto the track. That, that was pretty cool. So. Uh, need need more stories like that, but I'm going to turn it over to to Mr. Alan Schneider right now, and he's going to uh, take the reins. Yes, um, Nathan, I'm glad CC brought the T-shirt thing because that day at Ellis, when he and I went, it was uh, Dachshund Race Day, and they they had like three races after the races, and I don't know if there were more Dachshunds there that day or more Hear My Song T-shirts. I think 50 percent <laughs> of the crowd was either a Dachshund or had those had your T-shirts on. It's Pretty impressive, that kind of fan club, right, for just a, a good old family guy from Henderson, right? I mean, people really want you to do well. That's that's what this is about, right? It's, that's what it's about. It's a dream come true. Yep. Yep. I, I wanted to see one of those uh, T-shirts on a docks, and maybe you can do that next year, okay? <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> and you mentioned a moment ago that you uh, that you are married with two kids. Let's, let's give the shout-out to the wife and kids. What are their names? Uh, Brandy and uh, is my wife, and uh, – and if it wasn't for her, I couldn't do any of this. Amen. Uh, yep. And uh, my my son Bryce Hayden and uh, my ha- my daughter Haley Hayden. Uh, my daughter's name is Haley. As well, I got the two daughters. My daughter's name is Haley, and one of my best friends, uh, his name's Kip Hayden. I doubt there's a relation because he's a, a bit of a northerner and stuff. But uh, <laughs> here, my song just kind of exemplifies everything that we that we that we that we kind of like about doing this podcast, right? This is a horse that's went around. The circuit, Turfway, Keeneland, Churchill, Ellis, and just continues to have success. And you guys don't pick exactly conservative spots for them, as, as, as CC mentioned with the, with the, the Commonwealth. I mean, you guys kind of shoot for knocking out these Sprint Stakes wins, and you keep doing it. I mean, that's is that kind of what you, your intention is with this horse? Is go get that no, money, right? It's not. It is, but it's, uh, we just listen to the horse. I mean, we're I'm not per, I'm not per, per se doing it for the money. It's doing it for what he wants to do, you know. It's uh, we gotta make sure the horse is healthy, and when when he gets a, uh, you know, he's a five year old now. He's not a he's not a three year old. So it's uh, one of those deals where we've learned that a month or five weeks off is a lot better for him to fill up his gas tank when he's competing at those upper levels, and you know he can perform his best when he he's got a little bit more time of actually filling that gas tank up per se, and uh, you know it's a, uh, and I would love to. I'd love to see him uh, stretch out for a mile. I think we're getting ready to do that here uh, on the uh, Cowboy Jones Stakes. I think we're going to uh-huh. go ahead and run in just to, just to kind of fill in with a little bit of time because he's he's he really come off that last race really well and and uh, I, like I said, I just went and seen him this morning and he is uh, he's just a ham. He loves going out to the track and he can buck and kick and he'll just just filling his oats and. Like I said, so you kind of, you got to let him release some of that energy too. So it's a, you know, having a racehorse, there's a lot of things that a trainer has to juggle going, you know, so we're just probably going to let him race a, race a, one more race before we can, you know, wait for Joe and Keeneland to open up. Uh, well, so in other words, if he's going to run back in the Cowboy Jones and all that means it's going to be another t shirt brigade out there right that day. Your That's fan club's good. Or. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you talked about your trainer a little bit. Well, number one, first I should mention, if you didn't think this horse wasn't cool as hell as, as, to begin with, we didn't mention the horse is gray, right? It's That's a gray right. horse. Yes, pure gray. And you mentioned the trainer was something we do need to touch on. Uh, 
lot of trainers out there are really good. And you have one who's a um, very good local trainer, has been a very good local trainer around here for a long time. Uh, he's got a horse that actually puts him more in the limelight. That's Billy Stinson. Billy Stinson's been a trainer around here for a long time. I mean, I, I guess you have to just feel over the moon that you picked picked him to have for your horse, correct? Yes, I I got lucky there. That's for sure. <laughs> um, he's a he's been around a long time. He's had a real lot of good lower stock, and it, it's always good to see those guys step up, go down to Keeneland, win a three hundred thousand dollar race. I mean, I think that's uh, I think that kind of exemplifies your horse, your story, and Ellis Park in a lot of regards, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's it's awesome. <laughs> and and Cece just uh, talk about the fact a moment ago. I do have kind of a memory with some of these horses. I'm gonna touch on something real quick. I remember your horse. I want to say his first or second start, right? It was at Churchill. Was if I'm not right, he's like fifty to one or something. And yeah. uh, there was a runaway winner, like a, a wind star dropper or something that just ran off the screen. And all of a sudden, flying up the, the inside or something was this horse called Hear My Song at fifty or sixty to one. This gray horse got second. <laughs> and sometimes in those races, those are either run up the track kind of races, or it's just kind of slop up for a second, or it's a sign of a good runner. And uh, I think in this case, it was a sign of things that come for your horse. You remember that race, right? Yes, sir. And that's and that's the thing is we're you know we got I've got a small trainer and we don't have the luxury of uh, sending our horses out with company. And you know you know you got to realize that a lot of these bigger trainers they have multiple exercise riders and they got multiple horses they take out and they can they can pair a horse up with another horse that's really good and, and get some competitive and running with other horses. And, and that's just uh way smaller trainers. A lot of times what they'll do is they just have to wish for the best, you know, put them in a race and hopefully they get an outside post where it's a, you know, and just let the horse figure out what they're supposed to do. And, and it did, it took him a few races to figure out what he's actually out there to do. I knew he loved to run, but he just, he didn't, now he knows what he wants to do. Now he knows his job and he just loves and you know, I think you you had mentioned uh, something I really do want to mention. Something I read when looking looking into your stuff, uh, the, a blood horse article. You mentioned a friend of yours, R.L. Bumpus, where the mayor Mivera came from. A close friend of yours. He passed away a few years ago at the age of I want to say ninety five, as I recall. That's right. And I, something that really does need to be this this is awesome that he had a mentally challenged son in his sixties, and I believe once he passed, you you took guardianship of this man, right? Yes, sir. I still do every day. Yep, yeah. he's sixty-eight years old. Jeff Bumpus, and yeah, he's a he's a handful. But by golly, it's a, it, I, I guess I'm getting blessed for it. You really are blessed for it because I, that's again. Sometimes we we get caught up in the gambling or the or the or all the other things in life, or whatever. And I think I think things like that. Those are things that make me feel good, right? And other yeah. people. And I think that's awesome that you, that you did that. Uh, and and I can only imagine. I, I'm guessing that Jeff. Um, Jeff Bumpus uh, probably gets along with hearing my song. How does he feel about the horse? Oh, he, he's on cloud nine. Of course, he's been around horses his whole life. But uh, yeah, he's uh, they, they use they actually had a horse uh, years ago when there's actually just two horses, and now they, this is the second one. And uh, they had one named No Way. It ran. It, it was a it was a trotter, and it had won like fifty one times. And jeez, yeah, and it was a. Uh, what you call a spectacular horse there and then now we got here my song and he said he said by golly this is two best horses in the world and i said you're right 
Awesome, awesome. I just love hearing stories of humanity and kindness like that. You and your wife uh, should be commended for that. So uh, blessings come around in weird packages. Maybe hear my song is the blessing for that, right? That's exactly right. All right, Jeff, have, have, a, have a go here at Mr. Hayden. Absolutely. Yeah, no, this has been great talking to you. And it, it doesn't surprise me at all that Hear My Song and you guys have so many fans just because you guys are so easy to root for. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about your trainer, Billy Stinson. How did you guys uh, first get in contact? Uh, well, there was a uh, there was a man that, uh, named Tim Green that actually uh, he's the one that helped me uh, actually with the horses. He's an old horseman himself. And and I knew his uh, I knew his daughter and and uh, I went to school with his daughter. And that's uh, I actually asked him one day. And, he said, well, I don't do the training anymore, but he said, I will hook you up with a, one of the best trainers I know of. And that's that's how I end up meeting Billy Stinson. That's awesome. And it, yeah. it seems like it's a relationship that's really worked out. I believe the Commonwealth was his first graded stake as well. So it's just a, a match that was meant to be. It's exactly right. And I'm tickled to death for Billy, too. That's, uh, they, and his his uh, his wife, uh, Kim, and his daughter, Josie, they enjoy it uh, and I think they enjoy it just as much as we do. So it's a it's a blessing all the way around. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, one thing I love about hearing my song, The Horse, is just how versatile he is and how much of a gamer he is. It feels like he's always up for a fight and he just loves his job. Has he always had that kind of fire? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a uh, – I, I sit there and tell people it's, it's funny as all get out because – even when I was a baby, I got this, uh, I got my back three acres in a big lot, horse lot, and uh, that's where he was born and raised right there. But even as a little baby, I could take a feed bucket down there at daylight, and they'd always be in the very back pasture, and I could shake that feed bucket. And he would actually size his mama up every morning from a daggone little little baby. And uh, he, he would he would back up and just back up in his steps and wait for his mama to take off, and he would he would run as hard as he could, and he had to beat her every day. And uh, the older he got, three or four months old, the more head start he'd give her. And it's just he's just he's been like that from day one. It's just been I thought, well, this is pretty cool. <laughs> that is really cool. Racehorse from birth, absolutely. Yep. That's very cool. And then I also saw that you said that um, he's just he's very good. He loves being around people and, uh, and loves attention and people petting on him and how he's really good with kids, how they can, you know, they can pull on his ears or whatever. And he's just totally fine with that. So I think that's very interesting that he can have that kind of competitive personality on the track, but be such a, you know, a little bit of a sweetheart off the track. That might have been an accident because that's a new <laughs> owner. That's a, that's a, that's called a, that's called a new owner, new breeder. And, uh, <laughs> uh, my wife, uh, my wife run a daycare out of the house here and, uh, the daycare kids would go down there, and they just thought it was the coolest thing in the world to see a baby horse. So they had to go down and pet him multiple times every day, and it just and that just kind of grew into him. And he just loves people. He'd go over there and just lay his head on the on these kids and let them pet and tug on his ears. And 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 still today, I could actually, I think I could lead him up in the grandstand, and that horse would just love it. He just he's damn. He's a he's a he's a really cool dude. Man, I can't imagine what the next winter circle is going to look like at Ellis if you did parade him up in the grandstand. <laughs> I don't think Billy would let me do that, but he, would, <laughs> but he is just uh, he's just one of those uh, horses that the, the people and the crowd. He just he just like, oh my gosh, I can get pet right here. <laughs> you can just see his eyes, and he loved it. He loves it. 
Man, that's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you sharing the story with us. This has been really cool. Yeah, I appreciate y'all calling. It's uh, it's it is it has been a true blessing, and we'll just see how far it takes us, and we're gonna enjoy every minute. Nathan, sure, tell us about your farm. Yeah. Do what? I say, tell us about your farm there in Western Kentucky. You raise cattle, or do you have crops, or? Oh no, I don't have that many acres. I just uh, I just I just had enough to put a horse pasture out back, and that's uh, well, I had it I had it crop before, but. And then uh, whenever I got the mayor, I decided uh, I needed to I need to have this pasture right here. So that's I just turned it in there, and I I was uh, basically I said, well, heck, I just got one brood mare. It's nothing wrong with having a pet. <laughs> and uh, you know, and and I took that pet, and I said, well, if it's, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And I tried and tried, and I try a couple times every year, and I'd come up empty, and and. Uh, you know, I finally just said, hang it up and say, well, she's going to be a pasture horseman again this year. And so I just hang it up and go back to work and try it again next year. And uh, finally, I got lucky. So here we are. <laughs> Have you given any thoughts to expanding your broodmare, uh, your broodmare population? I actually, I have kept his uh, full, his half sister, his half sisters out of uh, Mucho Macho Man. Okay. And she, uh, she just. Uh, she, it's just hard to keep her sound on the track, and that's the reason why I took her out of racing is because uh, she actually would breeze faster than he does. I mean, he's, she's, uh, she's wicked fast, and and she would actually, and if, if you know anything about really fast horses, they just they end up tearing herself up. They don't they don't stay sound. And uh, so I'm kind of wanting to try to find her a stud somewhere and uh, maybe kind of slow her down a little bit and get, get a little bit more uh, durability with a stud this year with her and try her as well. Outstanding. Last question for me, mm-hmm. Nathan. Uh, how did you celebrate your win uh, a couple weekends ago? Uh, did, did, did did you go somewhere after afterwards and, and celebrate or, or, or you just go straight home and and – and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh me like like I said, it's just uh it I, I celebrated the whole entire afternoon and I come home and celebrated again with my wife and family and friends and yeah, it's uh it's just been one big celebration. All right, sounds good. Well, this is a fabulous horse. I, I was looking, I think he's won over six hundred thousand dollars now on the track, which is just amazing. amazing. Yeah, on his that, way to a million, on his way to a million at least. Yeah, that's uh that's fantastic. So, uh, but Nathan, we we're very very happy. I'm glad that you answered my text, and I'm glad that you took the time to uh, to uh, talk with us uh, this morning. This is uh, uh, like I said, we're going to follow this horse, uh, and uh, any of your horses going forward. Uh, we're 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 big fans, and uh, wish you the best of luck. I, I appreciate it. Thank y'all so much, and I hope I see y'all over rooting him on. All right, that's Nathan Hayden, and he's the owner of Hear My Song, a stakes winner. In the Commonwealth. All right. Thank you. Okay, that was Nathan Hayden and a great story. Horse bred in the 270. I didn't realize he sold the horse, too. That's pretty cool. This guy's hands-on. I bet he's a uh, jack-of-all-trades. He is. A, he got the construction company going, too. Got a family and a farm. And how homespun likable was he? I mean, how do you not pull for someone like that? It's. I guess that's why the, the horse has a fan club up there in Western Kentucky and Probably more so than we realize, right? Because the horses won at Turfway and Keeneland and just runs all over the state. So how do you not pull for someone like that? I'll beat that drum till I die. That the, the sport needs more of that and less mm-hmm. of the other. less of the other. 
Yeah, true, true there. I should mention, I just, we were talking about Ellis Park before we, we got on there. It's like, apparently it's raining at Ellis right now here at Saturday at, um, close to 10 a.m. Uh, hopefully it'll, it'll stop. I mean, cause this, this preview day they have this with, this is mostly turf racing, right? Cause it's for Kentucky down. So let's hope, uh, that, uh, that it ends pretty soon and stuff. And then everybody go on the turf. Do y'all remember last year? I think it was, it was this weekend. You know how they do that Ellis Park turf pick three? Yeah. They, uh, they did a turf pick three of the last three races to coincide with the normal $1 or the 50 cent pick three. Okay. And of course, it was just pure chaos. I think the, the normal 50 cent payoff was like a thousand dollars, but the, the $3 payoff was like $18,000 or something. Oh, remember that? That sounds vaguely. Yeah. yeah. They ran the, they ran the, you know, usually it's like races four, six, and nine, or five, seven, and nine. But last year they did like seven, eight, and nine when there's already a, a matching pick three to go along with it. And then, like, if you played the three dollar pick three, you were rich. If you were, you played the other pick three, then you know you're just a, it was just a nice hit, you know. Yeah. So. Well, I will say as you mentioned, I didn't notice, and you know how many of those three dollar pick threes I've played in my life? Like one. I think I played one. And I just never think about it. But I did notice today that uh, it's the last three races again. It's seven, eight, nine because because it's Kentucky Preview Day. They have multiple truck races and rolls, so it's actually the last three races. Play that uh, one. Play that uh, one. Well, there are a couple long shots I like, so maybe I will. Jeff, what do you yeah. think? Do you ever play it? I I, rare, I I promote it and I rarely think about it. I'm a little bit the same way, you know. I, it's a it's a wager I really like, but sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle. Agreed. But I I don't have any data to back this up, but it sure feels like it pays. Better than three times the regular pick three, regularly. Yeah, I would hope so. I think sometimes when it pays, when shorter prices win, from what I've noticed, that I don't think it pays gargantuanly more percentage wise. Uh, that's maybe just me, like, but I think once you start throwing in that, because people will play, keep their, when they keep their tickets narrow, they have a tendency to put shorter prices in there. It's when right. you can find that one, it doesn't have to be crazy contrary. That's when I think it blows up from an exponential standpoint. That's just my, uh, take on it because pe- people will bet fewer tickets, which means they'll get tighter more. They'll try to hit it with, with smaller price horses. If you can find that one price horse, and I do think it, it gets, then I do think it starts to be like a slot machine, right? And so anyway, so let's hope they get their races in. Oh, and just might, just might goes tomorrow in the, on, through the rail in the turf race. And of course we know that horse can run both turf and dirt. So pulling for Queen Michelle as always. We need to get Queen Michelle back on the show, right? I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, going forward, going forward, uh, a lot of good racing, uh, yeah. throughout the, as my answering machine goes off behind me. Well, that's really distracting. That is really distracting. But anyway, yeah, I got an answering machine. So interesting. You hear that? <laughs> I can hear that. Okay. Just to wrap up, a uh, big racing coming up. I mean, we've got, I know there's an Arlington Million coming up at Colonial Downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, maybe one of the most anticipated Travers of all time. Ellis Park has a big weekend. And then, uh, you know, we've got Pacific Classic. And then right after that, Kentucky Down kicks well, off. Lot, college right? football season. College football season. And then you can bet on college football in Kentucky. I've, I've made four sports bets in my life, I think, uh, four or five or three. It's not many, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll look into doing a little bit here and there this year. Well, that's coming soon. So I think it's mm-hmm. going to coincide with the uh, NFL. 
maybe or something like that. Uh, but anyway, uh, guys, uh, gonna hang it up here and, and get on with life. Uh, before we go, anybody got anything you want to declare? I want to declare thank you for Jeff Riggs for joining us again. This man's a natural at this stuff. We don't let him take over. He's so good, right, CC? I'm all for it. <laughs> I appreciate you guys letting me hang around. I'll tell you what, that was an awesome conversation with Nathan today. If there's anybody worth rooting for, it's that guy. You got it, brother. You got it. All right, that's it for now. On behalf of Alan Schneider, Jeff Riggs, our guest, Nathan Hayden, Brandon Jaggers, who's now in Canada, Dr. Joyce Brothers, Dick Vitale, Dick Enberg, and, of course, Kurt Gowdy. I'm CC Broadus, reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home.